Hello, baby. Want a kiss? Welcome to the Experimental Film Podcast with your host, Ken Hess. Teaching a parakeet to talk is fun, but the old method took too much time and patience. This record is specially designed to teach any healthy, normal parakeet to talk by using a scientific new method that is acknowledged to be far superior because a carefully trained voice, specially chosen for excellence in clarity and diction, repeats over and 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 over the same words, the same phrase, in a manner that most parakeets are most likely to imitate. Check experimentalfilm.info for information, interviews, and episodes. For the next few seconds, this record will be silent. This podcast is dedicated exclusively to experimental film and its makers. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of the Experimental Film Podcast. Today's guest is Christopher Byrne. Chris is a current MFA film and TV directing student at DePaul University. He typically writes and directs comedies, but is interested in anything that explores the topic of vulnerability. Chris, welcome to the Experimental Film Podcast. Hi, Ken. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, it's great to have you on. I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, I watched your film that you entered into the Experimental Film Fest. And, uh, you know, the judging, of course, is not done. We still have a few months to go before the judging ends. And, uh, you know, we have... Oh, quite a while to go before the festival itself. It's October 15th. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it as always. And we've got some good entries this year and yours is definitely one of them. Um, you know, one of the judges, uh, commented that he liked it. So, you know, and I like it. <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> <That's> I'm, <good. laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know it's a student project, but, um, you know, I've seen some really good student projects. So, you know, I'm, I'm always impressed with young filmmakers and, you know, I like to get, uh, you guys on here and speak with you and, you know, kind of see how things are going in the, in the young film world. Yeah, no, it's exciting. Uh, first podcast I've ever been on. So, um, yeah, well, if I sound like I'm stammering, I'm a little nervous, but, you know, I'm excited to talk about my work. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. You know, that's the thing about artists is that you have to be able to talk about your work because a lot of, um, you know, doing the work is a, a labor, but it's something you want to do. And a lot of artists don't really want to necessarily talk about their work. They want to put it out there and let people enjoy it without, you know, pimping it or, you know, propping it up or, or doing anything with it. But honestly, to become successful, uh, you know, I don't know what your goals are. We'll discuss that in a few minutes. But, um, you know, if a person wants to be an artist or writer or a filmmaker or really anything that requires a kind of a, a larger random audience, you've got to be able to speak about your work. And that's, you know, that's what this forum is. It's a, it's a way for uh, filmmakers, especially young filmmakers to get their work in front of people. So welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember I had a specific uh, cut about that in my film about having to share the work and how hard that can be. Um, but the necessary step about it. So uh, yeah, it's something that I haven't had a lot of opportunities to talk about. So yeah, again, I'm excited to be here and talk about it. <laughs> Great. Well, in fact, let's go there now. Let's uh, have you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work. So uh, I started my film journey at the University of Iowa. Uh, just got a bachelor's there. Um, 
and then tried getting work for a few years, just, you know, any sort of job. Um, but, I, you know, I wasn't really creating a whole lot. So I thought going back to school, making more connections and kind of getting those creative muscles back would be a really good drive for me, which is why I'm in the MFA program at DePaul, which is an awesome program. So many great, talented people there. Um, my work has like shifted over the years. You know, when you're like when I was younger, I tried doing like the sort of dramatic kind of moody philosophical stuff. But now I'm trying to lean more into uh, comedy stuff because I did improv for a number of years after school and fell in love with it. I love trying to make people laugh. But one thing I've always been trying to work on, especially lately, is being more vulnerable. And I feel like this experimental class I took at DePaul uh, helped me like go through that a little bit more because experimental has never been like my genre to be honest i never quite not that like i didn't like it, i just never quite got those films like anytime i watched one i'd be like what what was that about like what you know um, exactly but um it it's way to explore um like just the openness of the genre of experimental i think was a really big stretch for me and also, it finally was able to incorporate something I used to do when I was younger, which was write haikus a lot. Um, and the fact that I could finally make a film incorporating that form of poetry and creativity into this other art form, which is film, I thought was a really awesome, awesome way to just express myself and explore that topic. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I enjoy that a lot. Um, in fact, I didn't realize it was a haiku because I'm not. I guess I just don't uh, hear the the rhythms like other people do and things. But uh, I did read that in the uh, the information you had with the film, and I thought, you know, once I knew, I watched it again. I was like, ah, okay, I get it now. But what's really cool about that film and the title of it for everyone is called "A Creative's Path: A Collection of Lessons," and I found it to be um, very poignant and philosophical and accurate it's really good advice um you know from lessons learned uh you know i really enjoyed the one uh, the way you start out with first drafts are always bad <laughs> <laughs> because it's true you know and a lot of people think and, and that's what discourages a lot of people from making films or writing or painting or photography they think they have to get it right the very first time and that's that's never the case is it no, I, I mean, it's something I'm still working on myself. But I remember when I was younger, I was writing the first draft of a feature, kind of like a post-apocalyptic kind of drama. It wasn't really vibing with it. But instead of like just reworking it, you know, younger perfectionist self just threw it all away. You know, it's just like you can't do that. So now you just kind of, you know, you work through it, you learn as you go. And then obviously there's rewrites, you know, writing is rewriting. Um, so that first draft is never like the final nail in the coffin, you know, it's just the beginning. Um, but it's a hard lesson for a lot of young people, um, to learn, which is why I thought it was the very best idea to start with that lesson in the film. It's like, yeah, this is you know, the first thing you start with is a first draft. So this has to be the first lesson you learn. That's good. I really like that. I'm, I'm glad you did that. And that's a, you know, that's a very good lesson for the listeners. You know, if you're if you're wanting to break into writing or filmmaking or uh, you know any kind of an entertainment, let, let's say you know you did comedy. I bet your first comedy was pretty bad, right? 
Oh, I <laughs> was so nervous when I first started doing improv, especially when I started performing consistently. Um, I did not get the laughs I was getting, and it was just like, oh, no. <laughs> um, what do I do? Am I bad? Um, but then you just kind of learn as you go, and you get better at it. You hone those creative muscles or those comedic muscles or whatever artistic muscle you're trying to stretch, and it's not as scary anymore, you know? Yeah, you know, that's the thing about anything you do. In fact, I, I just saw a quote because we stopped off in uh, part of New Jersey where Thomas Edison was. And there was a quote up on the wall in this uh, convenience store. And it said something about, um, you know, succeeding is trying. It's trying one more time. That was the gist of it is, you know, just give it one more try. Just do one more and see what happens. You know, it's just like. I mean, gosh, if the Wright brothers had given up on that first flight, <laughs> you know, and it, it's anything is like that. You're not going to be great the very first time out. Well, chances are you're not going to be great the very first time you do something. And, you know, I love the first draft idea saying, OK, doesn't matter if it sucks, if it's stupid, write it down anyway. You know, it's easier to edit than it is to create. It's hard to get rid of that blank page but once you do you can always go back and fix it you know yeah and i think another thing uh that it took me a while to learn uh especially with this haiku film is that like ideas can change over time or if you have an idea for something now and you don't know how to work it maybe it needs to be changed so you can make it later on uh for instance like this haiku film i've had for a while but originally i was thinking of having like actors in the film and the dialogue was spoken in haikus but i didn't know like how to execute it so i just kind of put the idea on the back burner but now the haiku film has become the film which you saw and hopefully people will see at the festival um that it just changes you know um just because something's not working now doesn't mean it can't work later uh, I had another idea where I imagined like a young couple getting to a, like a fun little lightsaber fight, but I didn't know what it was about until, sorry, I think that was my email. Um, you know, I, it was about like a young couple who got into like a little lightsaber fight, but I didn't know what it was about until I took a class at DePaul where we had to do like an exercise and I was able to work it in there. So don't give up on an idea just yet because you don't know how to do it now because you can find a way to do it later. Right. Now, is that, I don't know what you would call it. Is that, uh, is that hesitation or is that uh, being disgusted with the first draft and, and kind of giving up? Is that a vulnerability? It kind of, it's, it's probably more of a, yeah, hesitation or like, I, I don't know how I would pull this off or that just won't work. Um, I think it's just more if you like talk it out or even just like, again, like there's different ways you can do something. Uh, maybe it's not what you originally intended, but maybe it's better if you did it the other way. What are some other lessons that you talk about in the film? If you, if you care to kind of give us a little bit of a spoiler. Sure. So um, there's one where ideas are like a flower. They just need time to grow. Um, which again, it's kind of connected to like a first draft or even just any sort of inkling of an idea. You just got to give it time. Uh, it's not going to be like good right away. There's, uh, gosh, it's been a while since I wrote down all the haikus. I know there's, 
one about procrastination, yep. being an artist bane to everyone. You have to avoid it. And it's hard. Yeah. Let me tell you, oh, writers, <laughs> writers have to deal with that. You know, when, when, um, Minesweeper on Windows machines was a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I remember writers saying, yeah, I think I play more Minesweeper than I do actual writing. And it's, it's hard because being creative is hard. It, it doesn't come, you know, rapidly for really anybody. I mean, sometimes you can knock out ideas like crazy. It just depends on, you know, how things are going. But, um, you know, it's, it's hard work. Making a film is hard work. Writing is hard. And I think that's why a lot of people give up is they don't, they just don't keep at it. And so, you know, those are, those are good lessons learned. Um, like I said, I, I really enjoyed the film because it, it, you know, it gives a lot of good advice from lessons learned. So, um, so how did you, how did you come up with this idea? So, I, this was like my final project for the experimental class I was taking. And I, again, like, because experimental was never really my genre, like I was struggling for an idea, you know, I was panicking. I'm like, what am I going to pitch? What am I going to do? Um, until I remember that, you know, I was like looking through old journals and I was just like, oh, I do have all these haikus. Maybe I can do something with that. I've always wanted to do something with that. And I remember I wanted to do something more poignant about it, or something a little more, like, less flashy than my other two projects in that class. And I'm trying to remember the film that really inspired me about it. And I think I have it here. I had to go through old notes to see, like, what I wrote down from that class. I think it was, oh, my gosh, where is it at? I think it's, uh, I think it's just All My, I think it's All My Life by Bruce Bailey. Um, okay. That really... If I'm thinking of the correct film, where it's this the simple one long shot of just a row of flowers along a fence, it's so simple, but yet it's so just sweet and endearing. And then I also was inspired by Same Stream Twice by Lynn Sachs. Oh, wow. Yeah. Again, yeah. just like these simple, poignant films. Um, you know, and I love the 4 3 aspect ratio. I'm currently going to shoot that in my thesis project in that aspect ratio. I just think it's so intimate and nostalgic. Um, and then I've always loved the 60 millimeter look. I remember taking a 60 mil class in, uh, in undergrad. And so I tried my best to figure out in post, like how to add like a layer to that, to again, give it kind of more of that, like a nostalgic home movie ish feeling. Yeah. I like that four, three aspect ratio a lot myself. It's, it's really cool. And, it, and like you say, it is, it does feel more intimate. The letterbox thing and even 16 by nine kind of distances you away from the, the film to me letterbox, especially I don't, I don't love that, that uh, aspect ratio, mm. but mm. Uh, you mentioned Lynn Sachs. She's actually a friend of mine. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you guys study about her in, in uh, your experimental class. We had to watch like a stream of films and then and this was like the interesting thing about this class because this was right when the pandemic started. So this was actually like an asynchronous online class. Oh. Very new to me. Um, so it was uh, watching like a whole slew of films, you know, just kind of like journaling about them uh, and like your reactions to them and what you thought about them and everything like that. And I remember that one stuck out to me a lot. Yeah, she's really good. She's a um, experimental documentarian, and we've spoken 
Well, she's been on the podcast uh, two different times. And since then, she's been on several podcasts. I guess, you know, I'd like to think that uh, mine kind of launched that for her. I mean, she's done films, you know, for 30 years. <laughs> so she didn't need me to help her, uh, you know, kind of boost her career. But at least as far as talking about her film, she's gotten, um, you know, uh, Into the Mothlight. Uh, there's a, a mm-hmm. podcast called Into the Mothlight, which I enjoy. And there's another one called How to Enjoy Experimental Film. And I listened to that. And she's been on there. And because I had her on first. So there. <laughs> but um, yeah, in, in fact, she came on and spoke about a film about a father who, which is her latest uh, award-winning experimental documentary about her father. And it's it's really cool. Her husband, Mark Street, is also an experimental filmmaker. I don't know if you guys... Uh, saw any of his films but he's got uh, quite a body of work of, as well and he's been on the podcast too so it's cool to have people study the some of the people i've actually had on the podcast and and know <laughs> it's kind of fun alan berliner has been on um you know i was supposed to speak with martha colburn but um i, I think our recording got messed up and i haven't gotten back with her yet but her stuff is very cool too i don't know if you studied her in school uh, there's a lot that we watched. There's, I'm trying. To, I'm like looking back on all the notes to make sure. I know we watched uh, some Shirley Clark Bridges Go Round. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. The classic, a movie, Bruce Connor. Yeah. Um, we have, yeah, we have Moth Light, Stan Brackridge, Scorpio Rising, like a lot of interesting stuff. No, this class really turned my whole perspective around about the genre experimental. Before I never really gave it a second thought, but now it's just like I. I kind of want more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, do you? How would you classify your your work that you're doing now? Um, pretty more narrative. Um, the last film I directed was a kind of like a weird comedy uh, about this fashion designer who uh, learns to gain her confidence back after she meets this really eccentric stranger. Um, but my current thesis coming up is a dramedy about well it's more of a drama with some comedy peppered in but it's about a marriage falling apart where mm-hmm. this couple plays it a game where they like write down names of three different people who they would sleep with that's not them and it kind of has some experimental elements to it like the characters that they put down the first card like they pop in like and it's like the other person's like imagination like reimagining like this person or like what that insecurity is about their partner putting down this person um but again, it's more of a drama, but I just put some comedy in there so it's not as heavy hitting. <laughs> yeah, that's actually sounds pretty cool. I like that. And, you know, that's um, that's a great way to ruin a relationship is to discuss the pe- other people that you'd like to be with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I like the idea. I mean, I, I wouldn't practice that in real life, but I think it's funny for a film. <laughs> Yeah, no, we're st- we're still working on rewrites and everything like that too. Um, but yeah, it it was an interesting concept uh, coming with that started off with a free write that I did years ago, and now here it is being my thesis film. So again, if you have an idea for something and you write it down, revisit it later because you don't know how it's going to come back. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I used to keep a notebook and write down book titles that I wanted to write, and then I started writing down short film ideas that I wanted to do so yeah i totally i totally get that and yeah you should write stuff down no matter how ridiculous and then revisit it like you said i think that's a great idea so what is your goal 
uh, as a filmmaker, what do you, what do you want to do? Um, I do, you know, I, I, my goal is to be writer director. I originally wanted to be the writer director actor, like that whole triple threat, but, <laughs> uh, I don't think I'm the best actor. So I kind of scratched that one. Um, but ultimately, uh, I think I'll probably just want to just, yeah, write and direct features. Um, I don't know if I want to go into the Hollywood game just yet, although I do, I do enjoy like the superhero stuff and like, you know, like Godzilla fan, like that was my childhood. So like I, if I ever got a chance to direct one of those, like give me, (laughs) but you know, I think I'd rather just stay like in the small indie route if possible. Um, because I just think that's just the more intimate, uh, route to go, uh, maybe just have like a career of like a i'm a big taika waititi fan so maybe just like you know he's like kind of like low comedy and i know he's doing bigger stuff now but i'm not opposed to just staying where it's at yeah well that's cool until somebody offers you a lot of money to do a a big hollywood feature (laughs) that's true i know i'm not saying no yeah really don't ever say no i i have a, a friend who's a local filmmaker and she uh created a a really good feature film and you know it's getting all these accolades and and she's done all this stuff with it and somebody wanted to buy it as a series when she had it on youtube as a kind of a an ongoing series and she turned them down but you know and then she goes oh no did i do the wrong thing and then um i told her i said you know it's a it's a great film things are probably going to go ahead and happen for you anyway i said because you know, it doesn't matter that you turned it down. You know, it's not the old days of Hollywood. If you'd done that 20, 30 years ago, yeah, you'd, you know, you'd be toast. But these days, it doesn't matter because there's so many new studios out there, uh, you know, and, and she converted it from a series to a feature film, and it's really good. And I think somebody's picked it up. Somebody major has picked it up. I think it might be on BET soon or some outlet that she's gotten into, but, um, I mean, she's seen a lot of success. She has lots of projects going on. Everybody wants to, you know, pull her in different directions and stuff. And I'm, I, she's, she's staying true to what she wants to do. And I'm so glad because man, it's, it's easy when somebody waves a dollar bill in your face, you go, Oh, that's what I'm going to do now. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's very true. But that's awesome. That's so that's so great for your friend. Yeah, yeah. So, how do you want your work to be received or or perceived? I mean, when when you have a film up on the screen and you have an audience, what do you want them to to feel from your films? You're listening to the Experimental Film Podcast with Ken Hess. And now, back to the show. Well, first, I hope they like it. <laughs> right. Um, I guess it depends on the project. Um, for this current one, I want people to, you know, it's a theme about why, you know, for the thesis I'm working on, it's about why do we hold on to relationships that aren't really working? Um, the inspiration for the film came from a song by Frightened Rabbit called The Lick of Paint, which is about taking a step back from a relationship and seeing like, is this actually working? And so I kind of want people walking away thinking about that. Like, cause I've witnessed relationships like long-term relationships 
fade away and it's, like, it's such an interesting concept because you know when i was younger a lot or even today we still have those films like you know like true love and love lasts forever and everything like that when that's right. simply just not true um but even with like this the film i did about the fashion designer you know it's a film about confidence and i want people leaving you know to believe in themselves and everything like that um ultimately yeah, I, it depends on the project, but mostly because I like comedy and vulnerability, I would like people to leave with a sense of uh, feeling better. Right. Yeah, I get that. And that's that's what I thought from your experimental film is that, you know, it seems like, I mean, you can't, I guess you can't generalize from seeing one, uh, one film from a, a person, but you know, if you can extrapolate from that, that's what I got from it is that you want the feeling you're trying to get across and, and experimental film doesn't always have this, you know, you don't always have a, a point to it or whatever, you, you know, you're not trying to evoke, you know, a particular emotion or something. I mean, everybody's got their own reasons for doing things in experimental films, but what I got from yours was, you know, this is some good advice. You want, uh, people to actually feel better about their work and not give up on it. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, it's, I'd say that's pretty spot on. Uh, I didn't really have a whole lot of people tell me these lessons. Um, you, you know, you watch like some interviews and stuff and everything like that, but to someone to actually make a film saying these things uh, is one we don't have. So I thought I would make a film for younger artists who are going through the same journey that I'm still going on and just giving them a helping hand, you know, because right. I remember there's this, there's the shot towards the end of my film, which is a slight spoiler where it's a shot of me crying in front of the camera. Right. And it's talking about how sometimes you think you don't belong there, but you do, you absolutely do. And it's very easy to get discouraged in this field, but that doesn't mean you don't belong there. And I want them to feel like they do. Yeah, that's good. In fact, um, speaking of that, I know a lot of successful filmmakers and artists and, and I guess really just anybody, they always say they have this feeling that they're a fraud and it's like, don't, don't feel that way. You're not a fraud. You know, you're doing something that you want to do and that you, I gotta be really honest with you as a writer and filmmaker, we, we have to do it. I mean, don't you feel that way? Don't you feel like that you have to do it? nothing else makes sense to me you know uh it's just like what else do i want to do and just this is the only thing that clicks so it's just like yeah you gotta do it yeah you know in fact when i was really young i thought gee i don't have any i don't have any discernible talents i'm not particularly great looking you know but i had something and i thought you know i want i want to do something and <laughs> I found out later on that I'm a pretty good writer. And, you know, of course, it's a skill you hone. Like you said, you know, you don't start out. You, you There probably has been someone who got a, a Pulitzer Prize on their first thing they ever wrote, but it's it's very rare. So, um, you know, I, I totally get this. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you're exploring vulnerability and, you know, and, and going this direction with your films. I, I hope you continue that. I hope there's always a, a thread of that in your work, because I, I think it's very important for people to come away from uh, a film or, you know, w with a takeaway, a positive takeaway. 
Yeah, and again, vulnerability is just something as filmmakers and writers, directors, and even actors, like we have to have. If you can't be vulnerable, how are you going to express yourself? You know, it's such a key thing to have. So does vulnerability scare you? Um, It's something I'm working on. Uh, You know, I think it's like with anything, like you're putting your, it's like public speaking, like you're putting yourself in front of other people. Like, you know, right. I, like public speaking is like the number one fear besides like death, right? Is that, isn't that the whole statistic? The, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> um, it's not really that scares me. It's just something more I'm learning to do. Um, there's actually a book I'm reading right now called Daring Greatly. That's all about learning how to be vulnerable by Dr. Brene Brown. Um, Highly recommend it for anyone listening. Um, such a very insightful book about why we're afraid to be vulnerable, but how rewarding it can be in our work, our relationships, our just overall lives. And yeah, it's just an important thing to have. Yeah, I think you're right. And I, let me ask you about this. Now, speaking of vulnerability, because obviously you've done some research into this, you know a, a lot about vulnerability and people's feelings. So when you were doing stand-up comedy, you did stand-up, right? Uh, I did improv, but improv. funny enough, I'm in a stand-up comedy class at DePaul right now. So oh, that's, that's a whole new avenue for me, too. <laughs> okay. so But you've, you've performed in front of an audience, and that's a big vulnerability because you're really putting yourself out there. How – I can't – I'm not sure exactly how to phrase the question, except are you uh, – how do you overcome that being vulnerable on stage to all these people? Cause they're all looking at you, listening to you, hanging on every syllable. How do you, how do you deal with that vulnerability? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, you know, first of all, it's a very brave thing to do because again, they're the ones watching you. They're not the ones up there. So again, you're taking that already initial step of doing something braver than they are. Um, which I think, again, you can apply to any sort of creative outlet or because, again, a lot of people don't like to share their work or anything like that. Um, but, you know, it took a long time, you know, like when I first started out and wasn't getting the laughs, it, you know, it crushed me uh, and I was not uh, so keen to do it. But then as time went on and I got better at what I did, that kind of went away like that fear went away because I eventually got better at what I did because I kept at it. Right. I didn't get, I didn't quit. So, um, I mean, obviously like we were talking about the first time you do something like this, it's, it's always really scary. Did you, did you ever feel like quitting? Uh, there was a couple times. There was a couple times where I thought about quitting, but again, there was just that voice in the back of my head saying, well, what else are you going to do? And, I, you know, the only thing that makes sense to me is all this yeah. is comedy is vulnerability is filmmaking writing. It's the stuff that clicks with me. I, I'm not as, I'm not good at math or science, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'm not, I can't become an engineer right now. There's no way, um, that this stuff has always just been a part of my life, you know, and the fact that I get to do it and the fact that I'm brave enough to do it, I think is so rewarding. Yeah, I agree. So uh, a lot of people criticize film school. They say, oh, you know, 
and I think sometimes it's a little bit of sour grapes, maybe, that they either didn't go or couldn't go or something. But uh, a lot of people have negative things to say about uh, film school. What do you? What's your take on film school? Um, I think it's a great place to meet people because that's the big thing. It's connections. It's networking. Um, and so I've met a lot of great people through film school, a lot of awesome professors. Uh, you get a lot of access to equipment you normally wouldn't have, um, which is a, always a plus. But on the other hand, you don't need it. Uh, a lot of directors like Tarantino didn't go. Paul Thomas Anderson didn't go. You know, they just watched films mm-hmm. and they learned it that way. So there's no right or wrong. And I have like my gripes about film school, too. Um I kind of like the Paul Thomas Anderson approach to why are we just throwing Battleship Potonkin at this kid when all he wants to do is write Terminator 2, but we're going to shame him for wanting to write Terminator 2, like work backwards, like show him, like have them do Terminator 2, but then like work down the line, like what inspired James Cameron from there and everything like that. That's what I like. And that's something I've been working on is like researching some of my favorite directors and then going to find like what films they like and see like what influence in there. Like I brought up Taika Waititi earlier. I discovered the movie Paper Moon just by researching what movies he liked. And now it's like one of my favorite films ever. And I never would have heard of it if I didn't do that. That's right. Well, and that's, that's one thing that I, I think uh, one of the biggest gripes about film school or actually college in general. I mean, my daughter's in art school and it almost feels a little creativity sapping, you know, because you have to learn didactics and rules and, and, you know, it, it seems like, no, what I want to be is creative. I don't want to have to learn the rule of thirds. I don't want to have to adhere to the rule of thirds. You know, I don't want to have to, you know, maybe I want to break the fourth wall, you know? (laughs) And, And so, and it's, it's the rule breakers who actually, the ones you know about those are the people you really hear about are the the ones who broke the rules or who didn't um, adhere to the standards you know yeah you know the rules are there just as starting points but you don't have to like listen to them per se um you know rule first is a great way to just set up a shot that looks kind of nice it, it gets the job done if you want a job <laughs> Uh, you know, and want to frame something, there you go. But if you really want to do something extraordinary, you got to break that rule. You got to play around with the images. Exactly. So who are your uh, inspirational filmmakers? Oh, when I first started out, it was Christopher Nolan. Um, But his last few films, man, have not been (laughs) top tier. Um, Yeah. Big Taika Waititi fan, especially. Uh, he, he's probably one of the better directors who like makes films about children, um, which I think that's a group that we don't give as much credit to. I think he makes films where kids are a lot smarter than we give them credit for, which I think is always like a great thing. Um, who else do I really, really enjoy? Gosh, I haven't thought about it in a while because, like, yeah, the, Taika has been a big influence of mine lately. Yeah. Are you involved in any uh, film groups, meetups, or other film-related activities where you are? <sighs> Not at the moment. No, I'm working full-time and a full-time student. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you don't yeah, really yeah, have yeah. time. How do you have no. time to 
to do anything. <laughs> no, it's it's nice when I ever get a break. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you told us what your latest project is. What is your, I mean, your for your uh, thesis, but uh, what do you think your next big project is? Or I'm, I'm sure you've got something in the works. Uh, what are you working on beyond the thesis project? I've been meaning to like revisit some scripts I've been meaning to write. Like I was in the middle of a first draft of a script, but ever since the thesis and everything started piling on, I haven't finished yet, but it was a kind of like a sci-fi comedy about an Android that wants to learn what being a human is like after he like gets a head injury. It's a very kind of like light sci-fi comedy, but I also started some character work for a film about two friends who start a backyard wrestling company. Uh, <laughs> Because I, I'm a fan of that pro wrestling stuff. I know it's fake, but that's what makes it so like enjoyable to watch is because it's so over the top and ridiculous. Um, and then I have a draft of a, another sci-fi that I've been meaning to revisit um, about a, two roommates where one of them comes back after being missing for a couple of days saying she was abducted by aliens and that the aliens are coming to take them all home. It's kind of supposed to be like a more intimate like kind of like character piece but those are some stuff i've been working on oh cool you know i would like to see an android film you know they become self-aware and then they become uh want to become human and after they start getting to know what being a human is like they go nope screw this i'm going <laughs> to go back to being an android <laughs> <laughs> I kind of pictured the film where uh, if you've ever seen like the Prometheus or Alien Covenant, like the newer alien films, just imagine Michael Fassbender's android, but just being a total naive child about everything <laughs> instead of like the dark philosophical yeah. <laughs> robot that he is in that one. Or you have uh, an android who becomes like a real jerk. You know, he, he likes being a, a human so much. He, you know, he drinks a lot. He fights, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he insults people. I mean, you know, uh, and and you, what can you do? I mean, he's an android. Uh, you know, it's not like you can stab the guy or whatever, you know, and it'll kill him. I mean, he's just, he becomes this obnoxious jerk and just does kind of whatever he wants. <laughs> those are those are some weird my takes on the whole android thing. So yeah. anyway, uh, do you have a website or other ways for the audience to check out your work? Um, I do have a Vimeo page. Um, you can find it, I believe, I think it's just Seaburn 3. Let me double check that for you really quick. Okay, yeah, no problem. I'll just talk a little bit while you're looking. <laughs> oh, there, yep, it's Chris Burn 3. Or if you just type in uh, Chris Burn, I should be popped up there. That's where you'll see some of my other experimental work. But yeah, Vimeo.com slash Chris Burn 3. Oh, cool. Okay, I'll... Uh... I'll make a point of that to have that in the uh, show notes. Chris Burn 3 Vimeo. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I post stuff on my Instagram. That's BurnUnit3. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. BurnUnit. But it's it's B-Y-R-N-E for anybody who's listening. I mean, if, if you don't see the show notes, you'll uh, just be sure you know it's B-Y-R-N-E, like David Byrne, the talking heads guy yeah <laughs> i don't know if you listen to talking heads but he's he was popular when i was younger 
I've heard a couple of their songs, but uh, yeah, I like playing around with the last name a little bit. Uh, I had a we had a family friend that used to call me third degree all the time, oh, which is funny because I am the youngest of three children. <laughs> oh, that is funny. I like that third degree. I that you know you should keep that. Be your own oh, superhero. Yeah. <laughs> you should do a film where you're the superhero and and you you're called third degree. <laughs> oh hold on i gotta write that down now <laughs> yeah and then you know not only third degree burns of course but you know you give someone the third degree you give them a whole bunch of questions and then you burn them <laughs> <laughs> so here's a bunch of ideas for you chris i need for you to go ahead and get these started just as soon as you can i'll give you a deadline august 1st <laughs> august 1st oh man that's gonna be right after i shoot my thesis project <laughs> <laughs> hey well you know if you don't have uh some pressure on you you'll never get anything done so there you that's go. very that's very true <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's a that's a vulnerability right so it is yes that's one thing i'm also working on <laughs> yeah that's good Anyway, uh, I really appreciate you being on today. And, you know, it's not so hard to talk about your work, is it? No, it's not. And again, thank you for having me. This is super exciting. And when I saw the email, it's just like, huh, someone wants to talk to me about my work. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, love the film. I'm, I have my fingers crossed for you. I, I'm not the only one who makes the decisions about um, what gets screened, but... Um, I like it. I think other people would really like it. It's short. It's like two and a half minutes long. And, um, you know, it, it really gets a point across. I think, I think people will really enjoy that. So, yeah, no, thanks, Ken. And yeah, I really hope people get a chance to see it. Um, it's probably my favorite piece of work I've made to date. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. I like the, uh, you know, you know, we could discuss it for another hour, but, uh, seriously, it's, it's really good. I loved it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping the audience gets to see it. So, you know, best of luck on that. We do have a oh, best student film award, you know, as well as the thing about the cool thing about being a student in the experimental film fest is I put everybody in to kind of like a, a the whole pot and the student films compete for, you know, best of show or, you know, best of festival uh, audience favorite and so on so you know there could be multiple awards as well as the best student film and that's only that's restricted to student films only so you know obviously not everybody is competing for that one so you know um, we had a really cool one last year um, by this film student up in chicago she did one it was on child abuse and it was i mean i played it because i wanted to really make a point a strong feeling i played it right before intermission and you know people were like oh my god that film and it was you know it, it was a personal film for her because it actually happened to her but it was done in oh, such wow. a, a yeah it was done in such a clever way that you know it explored her vulnerability and ah, i was just it was just so good but anyway won the best student film award and you know I, I think I cried every time I saw it. Wow. So yeah, it was, it was really powerful. And it was like, man, I, I can't even really talk about it without getting a little choked up. It's like, Oh man. Hmm. Do you remember the name of it at all? Oh gosh. Uh, I'll have to look it up here. 
Um, I may have to tell you offline what it was, but uh, anyway, yeah, I'll okay. uh, I'll get that. Strangely, it, I just went blank on the name of it, but it was it was really good. <laughs> we had some really cool films last year, some uh, really classic experimental type films, and um, you know some that were kind of new exploratory pieces. And uh, I was really 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 happy with the uh, the group of films that we screened last year so but anyway this is a new year and everything so i'm hoping the the shorter you know last year i think i had a 20 minute time limit this year it's like 10 or 15 yeah i think it's 15 but um anyway best of luck to you and i really appreciate you coming on today to speak with me or at least listen to me speak a little bit more than you have (laughs) (laughs) no problem but yeah thank you again so much i love the opportunity yeah yeah i always hate when hosts talk too much in their show and i feel like i've done that in this one i usually don't but anyway uh it was your first time you know i wanted to get you through this so we did it (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i'm i'm glad you did and remember uh you know this probably won't be the last podcast you're on so uh you know make it a point to you know, feel comfortable or try to feel comfortable talking about your work because that's really, really important to, um, you know, getting people to notice your work. So best of luck to you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you again, Ken. Love being on it. And thank you for joining us for this second episode of season three of the Experimental Film Podcast. Our guest today was experimental filmmaker and narrative filmmaker Christopher Byrne. Please contact me if you'd like to schedule an interview, sponsor the podcast, point me to some cool experimental films, or connect me to other experimental filmmakers, and we'll see you next time. If you would like to sponsor a podcast or schedule an interview, send an email to ken at experimentalfilm.info. Thanks for listening to the Experimental Film Podcast with Ken Hess.